welcome to a sunny side of life podcast a show for the woman who is ready to live an abundant life full of freedom and positivity i'm sammy womack and i'm on a mission to help you break free from survival mode gain financial freedom stay motivated and focus on what matters most join the movement and let's start living on the brighter side of life together Hey everyone and welcome back to another episode. You guys, I have a treat for you this week. I have not done an interview in a really long time because honestly my schedule just hasn't allowed for it, but I made an exception for my guest this week. Today I have the pleasure of speaking with Megan Terry, who is a single mom, the owner of Intuon Consulting, and coincidentally, one of my best friends. This conversation is so real, so vulnerable. I am so proud of her for all of the progress that she has made in her life, and I'm doubly proud of her for coming on the podcast and being willing to share in the hopes of reaching someone who really needs to hear this message. Megan and I discuss the realities of divorce and bankruptcy, how she overcame personal adversity and dove headfirst into the world of entrepreneurship and how she juggles all of this while being a single mom. Megan is also going to let us in on a little bit of what she does in her business into on consulting, where she helps you shift from working in your business to working on your business. She helps with business efficiency, consulting, crisis management, and she is also the mastermind behind my digital budgeting system. If, If you've ever used my budgeting worksheets, you know what a genius Megan is with all the things that she does. So let's stop talking about her and just go ahead and welcome her to the show. All right, everyone. I am here with Megan. Welcome. I'm so glad to finally have you on the podcast. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. It's been a long time coming. Yes, we were going to do this several months ago and we're like waiting for you to be ready. And I think that your story is incredible slightly biased, but, (laughs) and I just really wanted to share your story with everyone because I think it's incredible and so relatable at the same time. So I want you to share your story in short, whatever you're comfortable with sharing, because obviously there's a lot of delicate details in your story, um, but a little bit of short bio about yourself and how you got to where you are now. Sure. So yeah, my my story has been quite a journey. Um, I'd say the last five years at minimum has just been a wild ride of feeling on top and then being very humbly reminded <laughs> that I'm uh, six feet under and then a slow climb back up. I guess I want to say like five years ago is when I first learned about the, I guess, hashtag debt-free community yeah. on Instagram. And um, I did a Dave Ramsey course or uh, class and that really opened my eyes to some changes. I worked in the financial industry for 10 years and I have six FINRA licenses. I was you know, a successful person in the financial industry. And so I thought I knew it all (laughs) and very quickly opened my eyes to the reality of, I knew banking, not finances. And there is a big difference. And 
that is when I first stumbled upon your page and when yeah. we first connected and um, I started being more intentional with money. And unfortunately, it kind of came at a time that it was a little too late. I was way too far in debt. Um, we had so much debt and we had come up with a game plan to climb out of that. And I want to say like two months after coming up with a game plan, I lost my job. Yeah. And it was almost comical at how the timing was that it was like, once we finally came up with like a solid, we're going to do this, we're going to change our life, we're going to come up with a better game plan. Just kidding. All of your money and all of your security is gone. Make it work. Yep. And so I actually kind of went um, unemployed for five months. And during that time, I mean, we had grown accustomed to living a much more extravagant lifestyle than we could afford, um, just to put it bluntly. Yeah. And we were, you know, starting to learn to adjust and lower our bills, but we were nowhere near ready for that kind of big change in income. Um, and I had always been the breadwinner. And so it was a, a huge shock. And I drained my 401k so that we could survive during that time. I had a 401k loan, which is, you know, the number yeah. one, ouch. Yeah. Don't, um, yeah. <laughs> don't do that. Don't recommend yeah. it to anybody. Yeah. <laughs> Zero stars. <laughs> yeah. And um, so that was, you know, some of those realities of the decisions that I had made that I thought were wise decisions all came crashing down at the same time. And then looking at bankruptcy, really wasn't an option at that point because I was in the financial world. So for anybody that doesn't know, when you have certain financial licenses, your personal financial health is on display. And so um, my licenses were in jeopardy if I filed bankruptcy. And so I kept telling myself, I'll climb out of this hole. It'll be fine. It'll be worth adding to my debt pile so that I don't file bankruptcy. I mean, everything I could put on credit card I did during that time and really before. And just to kind of make ends meet because I was so in it. Yeah. And as you can imagine, like that puts a huge stress on a relationship as well. And we have my son who is now four and a half. Um, and at the time he was two and he was a, he was a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He didn't sleep. So that was a huge, yeah. a huge part of our journey. And so this whole process kind of hit me like a ton of bricks. And um, during that time, I, I had been doing my consulting um, on the side for many years, and I wanted to pursue that full time. And my husband at the time said, well, let's use this opportunity to get his business up and running because he had a dream of wanting to become a general contractor. And I was like, you know what? Let's do it. Let's get you your license. Let's really focus this time on building your business up. I can do mine later. No big deal. And that's what we did. Um, I focused those five months really on helping him ramp up. He got his contractor's license, setting his foundation. Um, and it was good. It was, it was, it was helpful. It was a learning though, in hindsight, yeah. that when you're busy pursuing someone else's dream and putting yours on the back burner, unfortunately, that can definitely cause some resentment. Yeah. And kind of feeling like you're helping someone else achieve theirs and they're not supporting yours can cause problems. Yeah. Then I got a new job finally. Um, again, in the financial industry, I went back into that world and I had such a negative experience working in that world. And I thought it was because of the institution I worked for. 
And unfortunately, when I got my new job, it was, it was the industry. It is what it is. And I didn't realize that I was definitely naive to that reality. And I think part of it too was um, coming out of learning all of these new things in the debt-free community. It made it so hard to go back into that world and promote some of those things that I no longer felt aligned with. Yeah. Yeah. Like it was so hard for me. So, but you know, I trudged through as long as I could. And in the back of my head, I just kept saying like, there's gotta be more, there's gotta be something better. Long story short, some things happened in my personal life that just went crazy. And it ended um, with my son breaking his leg at school. (laughs) Yeah. And um, my boss not letting me take the time off to be with him. Um, Basically straight up saying like, I'll see you at work tomorrow when I tried to call out. And so when that happened um, and everything else that was going on in my personal life and our finances, just really taking its toll on me. I had a complete mental breakdown, like ended up in the doctor's office, the whole nine yards. Yeah. And that was when I decided like, there's nothing, no paycheck, no guaranteed benefits, nothing is worth this. And so I decided at that point that my business and my idea for my business, I knew is a good idea. I knew it's needed. I knew my services were needed. And I was like, there's got to be something more. Um, and thankfully for me, during this time, I qualified for a medical leave. So I was kind of granted this like six months that I still was under my, you know, corporate benefits and I was still protected for, you know, some income, but I was able to really use that time to focus on my mental health, to focus on coming up with a game plan and to focus on really getting the foundation for my business started. At the same time though, unfortunately, my husband had a different view on (laughs) how I should spend that six months. And so that time was was split a lot between he he saw it as a great opportunity for me to help him with his business and work with him and again it kind of goes back to the whole when you're working for someone else's goal it it's just not easy yeah that time period was so rocky and I don't think either of us realized how rocky it was and I ended up taking a trip to Texas with you and with my other friend Bridget to go to the RISE conference during this time and that is what changed I mean my whole mindset and my whole outlook on everything really and it was so empowering and mind-blowing and that kind of gave me the boost (laughs) that I needed to really say no like my goals need to take the lead and I need to pursue my passions and I need to stop accepting being treated not well and I need to stop accepting being everybody's go-to for the not good things Mm -hmm. yep so when I came back I was on fire and I was like I am not letting this opportunity pass and kind of got set in motion getting my business launched and the end of 2019 officially quit when my medical leave was up and went full-time with my business to back up right in between there, once I decided that I was going to go full-time with my business and leave the financial industry, that was what opened up my uh, my option to file bankruptcy. And that was not an easy decision. I mean, there's so much shame and embarrassment and overwhelm that kind of comes with that decision. And I felt like we were so drowning in debt 
and there was no other way out. I mean, I even crazily called the Dave Ramsey team <laughs> and had them review. I don't know if you remember this, had yeah. them review my numbers. And even the person from the Dave Ramsey team was like, yeah, yeah. you you're, unless you plan to like move to the Midwest living in California, I don't see how you're going to come out of that hole. Yeah. And I remember uh, like you and I got on a call. Yeah. We went through my numbers a lot. <laughs> yeah. We went through the numbers and which is like, how we birthed the budgeting worksheets that we created together. Yes. So like anyone who uses the worksheet, Megan and I, that's our brainchild together. And that's how we came up with it though, was like me helping you through your budget. And then like, we we're kind of like, oh, we could make these worksheets so much better. And it was kind of this like beautiful moment. But I remember like us going through your budget and me being like, yeah, I don't really uh, see any other way. Yeah. I mean, we were looking at the numbers and we were like, how have I paid the bills this whole yeah. time? Oh, wait, I haven't, I haven't. been. That, that's why. That's why these numbers are so bad. I mean, so crazy. It's like so, so crazy. And I remember like how long the list was of bills. Versus, <laughs> I kept having to add lines. <laughs> yeah. Versus now is like insane how far you've come in like two years, even not even quite two years. Cause in July, in July, it'll be two years since we went to rise. Yeah. So it's been a great, a bit that's, you know, that's really the main reason why I wanted to have you on was because of just how big of a transformation you've made. It's not about like proving that you did it so fast, but it's a testament to the fact that you can be at rock bottom and two years later, your life can look extremely different if you want it to, like if you do all, you know, do all the things. Absolutely. I mean, even honestly, six months ago, yeah, to now, my life looks completely different. And yeah. that's, that's the thing is that it can change. Um, it can change for anyone at any time. And I mean, I fell into that trap too of like, well, I don't have what this person has. So I'm not going to be able to do that. Um, and I can tell you as someone that lives in probably the most expensive area, um, (laughs) you know, you see all these people that become debt free and you're like, yeah, but you pay $600 a month for rent. I mean, my rent was $2,800 a month. Yeah. And so it, it is possible. And I mean, I do have like a tinge of guilt when it comes to talking about, being able to start over because I do feel like I got that fresh slate from the bankruptcy. Yeah. And I think it's just a matter of learning from it. You know, that's what, that's what always, or has me laughing about, you know, like the Dave Ramsey thing is like, he became this huge financial guru and he filed bankruptcy. He filed bankruptcy. And so it's so funny that sometimes it could be so shamed but the reality is sometimes that is needed and there, there are people that take advantage of it, unfortunately, but it is designed for the person that needs it. Right. Yeah. And, and it's, it's the same thing with like the welfare system and, you know, all the different, all the different things that we have access to. It's like, yeah, it's not fun sometimes. And there's like kind of shame around it. And, but it's like, it's there for when you truly need it. And it's kind of the other side, which is what we wanted to talk about was the other side of what I've heard is like people who do it intentionally just to take the easy way out. That's kind of what gives it a bad name for the people who 
truly, truly need it, there's no other way out is like the other side of when people are just like, I'll just file bankruptcy. But I I wanted you to share your story of like kind of your process of going through the bankruptcy and the court and all of that. Yeah, that was, oh my goodness, that was so crazy. So I first looked for um, a lawyer because I figured that would be the best route to go for us. Um, And even that was such a like shame, guilt feeling process because here you are, you're getting questioned by this professional. Yeah who does come across so many people that do it just to take the easy road. And so it's almost like they interview you with this level of skepticism that like every question you answer, they like give you a wink, like, oh, uh uh-huh, sure. Sure, it's not bad. Um, (laughs) And so, you know, I'm sitting in the chair, like I have all of my papers together because I'm extremely type A and I have everything (laughs) ready to go. And I guess that added to the level of skepticism on his part because he's like, oh, you've done this before. And I'm like, no, I swear I haven't. I just- (laughs) I'm just a a one. (laughs) I'm just a type one, exactly. Um, I'm like, I just have Sammy who's helped me organize all of my my finances. (laughs) I'm good to go. Let's do this. And it was crazy because my ex was not involved in our finances, like at all, like literally up until we did the financial peace university, I don't think he could have told you who had any of our accounts, like who we even had our internet through. Like I handled all of it and that we thought worked for us. Um, but in going through the the bankruptcy process, it was like super eye-opening for him and for me to realize like how much of the stress I was taking on because only I was the one dealing with it. And so that was a huge part of the, the bankruptcy also was not just the forms and, you know, going through the process, but the emotional load <laughs> that that carries was tremendous. Yeah. When you file bankruptcy, they have, you know, these parameters that you have to meet. And it's kind of crazy because it's like, if you make a dollar too much, you don't qualify. But if you make too little, then you qualify for something totally different. And it's like, it was just this whole hoops you have to jump through to make your math add up correctly. (laughs) One crazy thing for us was that um, when they first ran our numbers, we actually didn't qualify for bankruptcy because I was getting unemployment. So I still was making a certain amount above the threshold. Yeah. And um, the lawyer I remember was going through like line item by line item on what qualifies. And he's like, oh, well, you don't have any um, charitable donations. Like, do you donate to any charities or like church tithing, anything like that? And I was like, well, actually we just started doing church tithing um, a couple months ago. I think it adds up and we pulled our bank statements and added up to like $180 that we had donated up to that point. And that literally was the dollar amount that we needed to qualify. Oh my gosh. And like, I still like, that is one of those things that gave me such peace about filing bankruptcy because I did have so much guilt on like the guilt from taking the easy way out, but also the guilt from just is this really the right thing? Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm a huge science person and I'm a huge, like God works in mysterious ways to tell you if this is the right path for you or not. And that was such confirmation for me that we were doing what what we needed to do. Yeah. So we qualified. Then the next step was after you submit all your stuff, they have you show up in court where you sit in front of all of these people and they announce that you're filing bankruptcy 
and they say, you know, are you contesting any of this? And they ask if there's any creditors that are going to, you know, contest and there's never anybody there. Yeah. Um, and then they stamp it and they move on to the next person. And I remember being so nervous for that court date. Like I, I remember I was like all dressed up, but like, I'm thinking, you know, like on television, a court appearance. Yeah. I get there. There's like 35 people in the room that are like sweats and jeans. And like, we were literally the most dressed up people. <laughs> and they say like, you know, this person's filing bankruptcy and this is their first time, or this is their second time and there were people that were literally on their third and fourth time and I remember just sitting there thinking to myself what yeah like I can't even fathom doing this once let alone not learning from this and doing it again and again and I remember sitting there telling myself like I am not gonna let myself ever become that person I remember texting you like don't you ever let me get off this track I remember you telling me how many other people and I remember freaking out like there's these other people that it's like they've done this multiple times and this is like a thing and then you also kind of think like that's what's giving it the bad rap. That's what's kind of ruining it for the people who like legitimately need it. Yeah, exactly. Instead of people just like kind of abusing the system. I mean, I don't know. We don't know all their stories, but yeah, I'm sure there's the majority of them that are kind of like just riding the system. Like, okay, well I can just file bankruptcy and someone else will clean up this mess and it'll be fine. And Exactly. And it was crazy because there were people talking in the waiting area right before there were people that were like, Oh, did you make sure to purchase something on your card? Like, you know, max up your cards before they write them off. And I remember I was like giving the lawyer, like once we decided to file bankruptcy, before we found a lawyer, I remember telling my ex, like, do not touch the card of cards. Yeah. Like, don't do anything to it. Like it is what it is. We're freezing time right now. And there's people that like up until the day they file are like going crazy with it. Yeah. And it's nuts. And that is exactly what brings it like the bad rep because you just have people that unfortunately abuse the system. And then like in our case, I'm not saying our debt was unnecessary. Like we definitely spent money on stupid stuff that we shouldn't have. And we definitely weren't wise with our money. And like I said, unfortunately, a lot of that was from my teachings at the bank. Like everything that I learned at the bank was play the credit card game, earn all the points, earn all the cash back. As long as you can make your monthly minimum credit card payment, then you're you're good. Like yeah. we were never late on any bills. Even up until the day we filed bankruptcy, like we, we were not late on anything. Now I only ever paid the minimum on yeah. everything. <laughs> yeah. And I definitely paid one card with another and like kind of played that game. But I kept telling myself like, oh, I'm the one that's winning because ha ha, that credit card gave me six months, zero interest. Yep. So I'm being smart with my money. I did the same thing. The balance transfers and. Exactly. Ooh, that is a slippery slope. (laughs) It is. And it's so messed up at how banks issue credit because like the more I owed, the more credit cards I got approved for. Yeah. And so it gives you that false sense of being 
good. I mean, I remember the day that my credit card limit increased from $10,000 limit to a $20,000 limit. Like why on earth would a 22 year old need a $20,000 credit card? None ever. But I remember thinking to myself that day, like I was celebrating. I was like, I'm doing so good. I got a $20,000 credit limit. That means I am doing awesome. And then what did you do? Like eventually get to that max? Like, oh yeah, we we got to that max pretty fast. (laughs) Yeah. And that's the same exact thing that happened to us when we finally added up our debt. Our Discover card was our biggest and it was like 12 or 13, 14, something thousand, something like that. That was our, it was our max. Like we eventually maxed it out. And that was a credit card that started probably a thousand dollars, something normal. And they just kept increasing it. And I remember the same thing thinking it was our first joint credit card as a married couple. And I remember thinking, we're so fancy. We have joint cards and like, we're such adults. And, but the reality was you're giving a couple in their early twenties, thousands and thousands of dollars of potential debt. And of course we didn't know any better. We didn't have any examples in our immediate family or friends to teach us any differently. We were just so young and dumb. And we were like, yay, free discover money. Yeah. And of course we maxed it out and it just feels so normal. It does. And I can imagine being in the banking industry, it feeling even more normal than. Yeah. It was like a status thing. It was encouraged. And it was like the more cards of that in a bank, it was like the better you were as an employee, the more things you used at that bank, the better you know, and of course I twisted it in my head of like, well, yeah, it makes sense. Cause then I can sell it better. Cause I understand it. Now I know better. That's like the ultimate like MLM pyramid <laughs> scheme. Like, you know what I mean? It's well, true. I'll just buy more of the product and then I understand it and then I can sell it. It's so true. It's so true. And I mean, I think that has been one of the biggest changes in the banking industry in the last couple of years is that has been pointed out. Mm -hmm. And just the amount of how many different products you got to like force on people and the sales numbers, like, I don't think the average person realizes that a bank is a for-profit institution. And so, you know, they, they do sales and it is intense. And I was so proud as one of the top salespeople for many years. And when I went through that Financial Peace University, it, it was such a heartbreak. Yeah. And it was such a moment of identity crisis. And, you know, so much, oh my gosh, I put people into that position. Yeah. It's and like everything I that you it. thought and knew to be true was all of a sudden wrong and a lie. And you're just like, what even is life? Exactly. <laughs> and that's, you know, and that was the thing is I felt like I was educated and I did my, what I thought was due diligence in researching and knowing all of these different things. And like I said, I have, you know, six different FINRA licenses, which yeah. I had to study a lot for. Yeah. That's crazy. It's a huge, huge wake up moment, but I mean, I've interviewed so many people and I love to hear people's stories. The common theme almost always is that you have to hit some kind of rock bottom. Some people hit it harder than others. And then it's like a turning point. What do you think was the thing that you were like, this time it's going to be different. Like this time it has to be different. What was that 
flip of a switch moment for you? I think for the financial aspect of my journey, that was when I decided to file bankruptcy. Yeah. And I really listed out all of our debts and I listed out all of our expenses and I looked at the lack of income coming in and how impossible it was going to be if we didn't change. And I looked at my son and wanted such a different life for him and kind of saw, unfortunately, history repeating itself. Yeah. And that broke my heart. And that was the moment I was like, I am not, I'm not going to continue doing this. And I don't know, I guess once you know better, you have to do better. And that was kind of where I was. I, you know, I saw the reality of it. And it's like, once you see that, you can't go back. Yeah. And then that was really the same thing too with my marriage that like once my eyes were opened to some of the things that were happening that were not okay, I couldn't accept that treatment anymore. And I couldn't accept being in that situation. And again, more so importantly for my son, I couldn't accept him being witness to that. I don't want him to grow up thinking that that's okay behavior. And I don't want him to grow up thinking that that's the way you treat people and especially the way you treat people you love. And so, in both of those situations, it was just making the decision that I can't continue like this. And there's got to be a different, better way. And I know I'm not the only one that's going through this. And obviously other people have come out the other side and I'm going to be that person that's going to come out the other side as well. Which I think is incredible and why I'm like so proud of you and You're amazing. But I think that also you don't give yourself enough credit because you're like, well, once you know better, you do better, which I think is like a testament to you've done the work. It's not just flip the switch. I'm just going to do better just because I know better. All of the personal development work that you've done all of the therapy, all of the, this is really hard and I'm going to cry about it (laughs) and I'm going to get through it and I'm going to work on myself and I'm going to do, you know, all the scary things and I'm going to push myself. And I think that is like, what makes the difference is like, can you do that stuff? And that's something that I really admire about you was like, you keep on going. So Tell us like a little bit about more of the details of those kind of like personal development type things that you've done. Like, what do you think did it? I kind of dove head in yeah. <laughs> first into the personal <laughs> development world. When all of this transition was happening, when I first lost my job, I started doing therapy yeah. and um, weekly therapy has been the biggest blessing in my life. Yeah. I recommend it for everybody. And I wish I started it before I hit the rock bottom stage. Um, The other one is journaling. I love journaling and I love writing whatever it is I'm feeling, but being more intentional with my journaling is I think what also really contributed. And that was more writing out what I wanted my life to look and letting myself visualize that and dream bigger and make it a reality. And I feel like when you write it out as it's actually going to happen, your brain comes up with a way to make it happen. Yeah. Whereas when you make it like a wish list, it's like, oh, that might happen. And so once I started switching the dialogue to be, I am this person, I have this life, I overcame this struggle, mm-hmm. it's just figuring it out <laughs> yeah. and making it work. Like just yeah. keep trying, just show up. And trust me, there have been days that I... I'm like, screw the budget. I'm not even looking at it. (laughs) Because you're a real person. And that's what I tell all of my coaching clients. That's normal. 
to yeah. have those moments where you're like, F this and out the window, yeah. don't care. Or you're exactly. like crying and like eating all the chocolate in the house or like, that's normal. You're human. Yeah. You're supposed to have those moments because those lows are what make the highs actually feel like a high, you know, what makes it actually feel like, Hey, I'm doing good is you have to experience the bad as well. And it's so normal. And I think that's what people are like, Oh, I screwed up once out the window. It's never going to happen. Yeah. No, we all feel exactly. Yeah. I think that's the big thing is that just acknowledging when I do fall into that, you know, low spot Mm -hmm. And also realizing like how far I've come in just various things that even at my low spot, I'm not starting back over. Like I'm starting from a new place of learning. I'm starting from, you know, I've already gone this far. So I tripped, but I'm just going to keep going. Yeah. You don't go all the way back to where you were two years ago. (laughs) Exactly. You just go back, you know, one or two steps. But I want to hear a little bit more about like, your business and how you've grown that. And especially because I know how scary it was like stepping out into your own, getting your own place to live, transitioning to being a single mother and like a business that like you really like ramped up your business (laughs) right around the time you moved out. Like it was just, all right, I'm going to just go full speed now. And it was terrifying. And I remember you like, well, maybe I should just like get another job. Like maybe this, you know, and then you decide, no, I'm going to go all in. So kind of like walk us through that like (laughs) process and how you actually did it. Yeah. So we filed bankruptcy in July of 2019, March 1st of 2020. I officially launched my business. I had been doing it part-time side hustle kind of thing. And then the pandemic hit literally like right then, (laughs) like 15 days later. And I had contracts in place. And I, I mean, I was, I thought everything was going to be fine until those contracts that I had, those clients had to shut their doors because of the pandemic. I remember thinking to myself, like, no, I came this far and I backburnered my goals for way too long. Like, no, I have to just give this an honest try. Yeah. And if I give it my all and it still doesn't work, okay, then I'll look at the, you know, other options. But if I, if I don't even try, how am I going to know? Yeah. And I was on unemployment from the pandemic um, because my, my contracts had been frozen. And at the same time, that was when my personal life kind of imploded. I kind of realized like, like what we talked about before with like, once you decide and once you mm-hmm. see, you, you can't go back. Yeah. And so um, June 1st, which I can't believe it's coming up on a year already. Yeah. Um, June 1st, I packed up my stuff and I moved out. Um, and obviously there's a lot more to that, but yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I moved out with Cameron and that decision in itself was not taken lightly. And even more so, I had already been the breadwinner yeah. for all of these years. So my situation was kind of, kind of comically, I saved a lot of money by moving out. Yeah. I, yeah. You know, my bills drastically it decreased. Right. Um, and so I saw that as an opportunity that I can do this. Like I can make this happen. I can finally be in control of the and be in control of picking and choosing how much I take on 
And so I found a cheap one bedroom apartment, um, which is not cheap in our area, but I found the the cheapest option in the safest neighborhood, I guess is the best way to put it. And, you know, moving from a four bedroom house to a one bedroom apartment is a huge transition. I remember that whole conversation too. Cause you're like, I can't just live in one bedroom. Like Megan, he sleeps in your bed most of the time anyway. Exactly. He has too many toys anyway. Yep. Like just purge the toys, share yeah. a bedroom and just do it. And like, now you've been there a year. I know. And I renewed the lease for another year. Like I'm yeah. like, we're doing the one bedroom thing for another year. I don't see why not. It works yeah. fine. And the purging, oh my gosh, that was the best part of all of Yes. This. It's like intentionally um, you have to make your stuff fit now. Yeah. And it was so good. It was so good for my son. Like he plays better with all of his stuff. It's been so good for my mental health to have all of the clutter and crap gone. And that was probably the best thing that happened because it was such a weight lifted. It was such an unnecessary struggle that I honestly have not thought about anything that I have gotten rid of. And since then, we continue to get rid of stuff. And it's become like second nature for Cam now. My last toy purge was like, he was like, hey, mom, we need to like get rid of toys. (laughs) Yeah, he got a bunch of new stuff. um, And he was like, I don't have room for it. So we need to get rid of old stuff. I'm like, yes, you got it better than I do. It was also like a huge cleanse in a way with my spending because so much of the stuff that I had bought I was holding on to this like feeling of shame and regret that like oh I can't just donate this I spent x number of dollars on it and so kind of releasing that was such a freeing moment and like I remember talking to you about that I was like Sammy you don't understand like this stuff Cost so much money. And I remember you telling me, Megan, you filed bankruptcy. It's yeah. already gone. I remember the last carload of donations. <laughs> I remember that conversation because I remember it was like the hard stuff to get rid of. It was like the very last things that you had been hanging on to. And I remember you were like crying. And I was yeah. like, I promise you in a couple of months, you won't even remember what was in that trunk. Like you won't remember what you don't, what you donated. It's true. Shove the stuff in the box, shove the clothes in the trash bag and just let them go. I guess this would be my advice to anybody going through that, that even if you don't need to downsize, like let's just say you didn't go from a four to a one like I did and you have the space to still take it all, don't. Part of getting rid of all of that stuff, I think is what really helped me with getting through the divorce because it wasn't a constant reminder of things around the house. I hope that's not coming off as like unsensitive, but it gave me a fresh start just like the bankruptcy did. And it was one of those things that like I only kept a few items that really mean the world to me and didn't make space for anything else. But it's even the physical things of what you just said of like, you kept the things that really mattered. You made space for the things that really mattered for you and for Cam. Yeah. Not just physically, emotionally and financially, like all the things. It was like a huge life purge cleanse. Now look at where where you are. Yeah. It was as close to pack up all your stuff in a car and start over as you can get. Yeah. Yeah. Um, (laughs) And I mean, I think too, that going through this with friends like you and V and, you know, my close friends that actually live local to me. Yeah. That was what got me through. 
Mm -hmm. Um, and just being able to have people to reach out to and remind me why I made the decisions I made when I was starting to, you know, feel regret or remorse um, or question it. And then as far as my business goes, I dove into networking like that I knew was the only way that I could get my name out there. And I feel fortunate in the sense that because of COVID, everything was through Zoom. And I am a computer nerd. Like that is my jam. I get that world. That's my thing. And so I joined as many networking Zooms as possible. Like there were there were weeks that I think I was on like four different Zooms a day just promoting myself. <laughs> um, and all of them are free. Like that's the other yeah. thing that people don't realize is that there is like this whole opportunity to just get your name out there for free. And so I kind of did that and ramped up that, that side of my business And once I started getting new clients, it just kind of took off like a wildfire. Don't get me wrong. There has been (laughs) months. um, There has been, you know, that struggle of, well, Well. (laughs) there's nothing on the calendar in these next three weeks. Um, But during those lull periods, I kind of just go back to my roots of ramping up networking. And sure enough, like even this last week, I had nothing on the calendar for May. Like I remember calling you freaking out going, Oh my God, what am I going to do? And how are we going to even create a budget when there's no income? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And, um, you know, within a week of just really focusing and hustling and putting my name out there again, I have, you know, a whole month booked out and then June, halfway of June has started already. So I think it's just a matter of not giving up and reminding myself of the why on an everyday basis. And also, I think like what you said about finding people that will cheer you on, and that doesn't always have to be immediate, your next door neighbors, the people you go to church with or whatever. It can be people who are literally in different time zones, like we all are (laughs) in a group text message, like talking all day long. Yeah. Like cheering each other on and that can be it. And like how you and I met, it was literally just you, I think you DM'd me or messaged me or something and was like, Hey, I wrote this blog. Like you were like writing about your debt-free journey, basically. You're like, can I share it in your group? I think that was the first thing you ever sent me. And I was like, yeah, sure. You know? And then we just kept talking. I'm like, who is this girl? She's like, just talking to me all the time, you know? And then, so we just kept talking and then Um, when you decided you were going to go to rise in Dallas, we had never met in person. And I was like, sure, I'll go, you know, we'll go to Dallas and we'll go to the conference together. And you had to fly all the way from California. Yeah. And then like we met in person, we're just like, Hey, let's share a hotel room. We've never met in person. (laughs) (laughs) I hope you're not a serial killer. And both our husbands at the time were like, uh, what are you doing? (laughs) Yeah. Text me when you know, she's normal. Like, okay. Um, and then that's, I mean, that's what we did and that's how, I don't know, it's new age of building friendships. And you know, that's so true because I have to say like, when you have like, I don't know, people on Instagram and you share so much and you connect with people on there it's amazing how much support has come from social media. And I know there's such a negative connotation with social media and oversharing and all of that. But honestly, social media has been my saving grace. Yeah. Like same straight up. Yeah. And obviously your friendship and so many others have come from social media that I would have never had locally. 
but it's just like us being able to text like throughout the day and know that we can support each other and we can cheer each other on. And like, we are on a similar journey, a similar, you know, big goals. And yeah. it's nice to have people in your circle who kind of get it. Like, I remember it was the same week or so that you had your first like big month and I won't tell all your numbers, but your first like big month with your business. And it was like the same week or so that V got published in Forbes. And it was yes. like all at the same time. Yes. And, you know, for me, I'm over here. I was like, well, I did my laundry, you know, like, I didn't do anything <laughs> that week, but you know, instead of like feeling bad about myself, I remember like telling Daniel and be like, I have the most badass friends. Like, this is what my friends do on a yeah. normal, normal week. And like, how incur like inspiring is that? If like, if Megan yeah. can do it, I can do it, you know? And it's just like, okay, let's go. And like, we just like feed off of each other. And that's people that are literally on the other side of the country. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> and, and it's true. Like that. there's no like competition within it, yeah. which is what's so nice and countercultural. Yeah. <laughs> um, is it is a true, genuine excitement for each other. Yeah. And yeah, exactly. Like I remember that week. And then I remember like, I think it was three weeks later, we kind of all flopped. And like, that was when I started having no, no business yeah. and your, your new course was launching or your yeah. course was rebooting and, yeah. you know, and we're all supporting each other and we're all lifting each other up. And that really does make and reminding a yourself each other that like, it's okay to take a nap in the middle of the day. If you're having a bad mental health day, it's yes. okay to do that, you know, and just like having that support. And I think it's it's like a lot of people will just like to say, well, I don't have that support. Must be nice to have that support. No, go and make it, create yes. it, find it. Like it's, it's so, so important. And I mean, that's the same thing as like saying, well, I don't have a therapist. Must be nice. Find one. <laughs> like, yeah. There's so many resources available one. and exactly like there's so many ways to get the help, whether it be just a friendship like ours or an actual therapist, yeah. somebody you're paying for, but there's people out there looking for other people. Yeah. And yeah. that was, that's the biggest thing with social media is you can connect with literally anyone. Yeah. I mean, how you and I met is in my Facebook group and yeah. like my Facebook group is there. It's like anyone listening, like do a post. It's like, Hey, I'm so-and-so anyone want to, you know, like modern day pin pal, <laughs> you know, and yeah, it's someone that you can text and, you know, go to random trips to Dallas together. And, <laughs> and now, and now we're all going to go to Colorado together, which is going to be like life. Oh my goodness. I'm counting down the hours. I know it literally V has the countdown on her phone. Like, <laughs> we still have like four months, but <laughs> fine. <laughs> So as we're kind of like wrapping up, so tell us a little bit more, just what your business is. And then of course, in the show notes, I'll link to your Instagram and everything, but tell us a little bit about your business. Yeah. Um, so I own into on consulting and I help business owners shift from working in their business to on their business. So what does that even mean? Um, basically I help people come up with ways to streamline how they do their day-to-day -day tasks. Um, I help them automate, make it more efficient, find tips and tricks to find shortcuts in your day, um, help you outsource, come up with training documents, all of those nitty gritty details that no one talks about 
about, yeah, I come in and help you with because a lot of times people go into business for themselves because they're really good at what they do. That doesn't necessarily mean they're good at running a business. Right. And I've seen so many amazing, talented people have their businesses fail and crumble because they don't know how to run the back end. Um, and so I have a passion for coming in and helping them create a strong, sustainable foundation so that that doesn't happen to them. And so that they can keep their passion alive and keep their time focused on the things that they really care about and they want to do for their business, as opposed to being stuck in that hamster wheel daily grind. And then one of the other services that I offer that's way different from anything else out there is I feel like consultants in general offer these great ideas and great advice. And then they say, okay, we'll touch base in three months. Let me know yeah. how it goes. And then nobody does anything. You know, there's a difference between a teacher and someone that does the work for you and yeah. helps you cheat. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the person that's just going to do the homework for you and then send you on your way. Yeah. So I come in, I give you the great ideas. I say how you can make your business better. And then I say, and it'll take me X number of hours to do that. Let me do it for you. So that way you can start just going forward using it yeah. as opposed to giving you the blueprint and having you figure it out on your own. Yeah. Which is amazing. Like tell us a couple, just real quick, like a couple of examples of like specific services that you've done. Like I know about like the law firm one where you went in, like you actually physically reorganized their files, which was like, yep. that was a huge, huge job. But what yes. are like, a couple of other ones? Yeah. So digital projects like yours, um, mm -hmm. I have someone that maybe does something physically. So yours and a um, water treatment company both used PDFs and Microsoft Word for how they collected data. And yeah. so I went in and I created a whole Excel or Google Sheets platform that just makes it more efficient, that really freed up a lot of their time. I've also worked with a restoration company, water restoration company that they had like six different programs that they used to conduct all of their daily tasks. And I helped them find software that would eliminate four of those six programs and combine it all in one. Yeah. And then I helped them actually do the data migration from those other programs into the one software. And that's what tends to trip people up from trying new software is they don't have the time to stop and backfill all the information. And yes. so they're like, eh, forget it. So I actually do the data migration for them. And then I trained them on and created training manuals for how they can use it going forward. It's amazing. Yeah. I love, I love the actual, like rolling up my sleeves and doing the work. That yes. part of it. I love. And you're good at it. You're amazing. You. good at it. All these like super <laughs> smart things that I'm just like, how do you even know how to do this? But oh my God. And then on the flip side, I call you and I'm like, um, what do I do with my money? Yeah. Well, <laughs> we all have our area of expertise, which is why like, sometimes you just need to pay a professional to yes, do it, which is I the same thing of like, that. You helping me reinvent my worksheets was like, you know, I remember talking to my mom about them and she was like, can't you just do that? Like, you know how to make a spreadsheet. And I'm like, no, you don't understand. Like Megan knows all these formulas. It's going to be so much faster, so much better if I just pay her to do it and <laughs> just get it yes. done and get it done the right way. And I mean, sometimes that's just what you need, which is why you and I both have a business is because sometimes you exactly. just- someone who's like better at that end of it. Yes. Anyway. Okay. So last question, 
If you could go back and give your former self advice, former version of yourself, what would you tell her? If someone listening is like, oh my God, that's me. Like I'm on the brink of a divorce. I'm on the brink of bankruptcy. I'm on the brink of just rock bottom, whatever that looks like for them. What would you tell them? I think the biggest thing is just trust yourself to know that there's so much better available yeah. Yeah. and that you deserve so much better. Sometimes when you're in the thick of it and you're at that rock bottom moment, you don't see a way out and you don't see that there is other possibilities. And if that's you and you're in that phase of life, surround yourself with people that are at where you want to be. I love it. I just think like reminding yourself that you are worthy, which is yes. like, you know, I'm thinking of like things that I remember telling you during <laughs> all the hard stuff is like, you are worthy. You are smart. Like don't settle for anything less than like all of your dreams and hopes and desires. Like don't ever sell yourself short from that. And like, yeah. you don't deserve, you don't deserve struggle. You don't deserve stress, no matter what anyone tells you. And I guess that'd be the last thing is that if you're at the rock bottom, find yourself a hype squad. And if you're not at rock bottom, become that hype squad for somebody else. Yeah. Because it is so invaluable. Like truly, yeah. it can make the world of a difference to somebody. Definitely. That's one of my favorite things about coaching is like getting to, be that person for someone who's like, you're the only person that I can talk to about this stuff. And like, that is, that's like my life. Like I love that being that person for someone. Yeah. So that's just a shameless plug for my coaching. <laughs> <laughs> I highly but, recommend it. It is it. helpful. I have yeah. used, I have used Sammy services yes. for many years now, and it is so helpful to have that sounding board and that person to bounce ideas off of. And also the tough love sometimes when you try and say that you're eating out budget's going to be more than your income. <laughs> we will talk about that later, but <laughs> yes, but thank you so much for sharing everything that you shared and being so open with everything you shared. Cause I can know it's a lot of vulnerable stuff to talk about, but I hope that this message reached who it needed to reach and hopefully it will encourage someone who is where you used to be. Yes. Thank you for having me on. Yes. All right. That is all. All right. Bye. Bye. Thanks for hanging out for another episode of a sunny side up life podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend because you never know who needs to hear this message. If you haven't already, please leave a review and subscribe reviews and subscribers are what help the podcast grow and what help new ladies find our community. And again, thanks for hitting play on this episode and for investing some time in yourself today. Remember that I'm always here to support you and I'm always cheering you on along the way. Don't forget that everything that we mentioned in this episode will be linked in the show notes. All right, that's all for me this week. Bye, guys.